the Kimberly Levy podcast, where we believe entrepreneurs are the new influencers. If you are trying to build your brand, your business, and your influence, you are in the right place. This is your one-stop shop to learn everything you need to learn about how to expand your reach, your income, and your impact. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome back. Today, we speak with Jen Morris. Jen and her husband, Rob, are known as the Cupcake King and Queen. Jen shares their journey of building Cupcakeology, a wildly successful brick-and-mortar cupcake shop turned empire. She shares the fight and tenacity it took to overcome social norms and expectations as entrepreneurs and as a family of color. Today, they are teaching bakery owners how to build a successful business step-by-step through their online course, live trainings, eBooks, and more. Jen also highlights how she leaned into parenting her two children to nurture them and their gifts by homeschooling and exposing them to what it truly means to be an entrepreneur. Let's get started. Jen Morris, thank you so much for joining me today. I love you so much. And for all of you guys listening, I met Jen on Clubhouse. She was probably one of the very first people I ever heard speak. And I remember hearing her speak and I immediately fell in love with her and was crying listening to her story. And before we knew it, we were on the phone, we were FaceTiming and we became fast clubhouse friends that just connected instantly. And we just have that. There's a vibe. There's a, there's a vibe between us, you guys. So I'm so excited to have you here, Jen. How are you? I am fabulous. Incredible, Kim. Thank you so much. And it definitely is a vibe. You're like my sister from another mother. (laughs) For sure. For sure. It's so weird because, you know, sometimes on this planet, you just meet kindred spirits. And from the second that we met, we just like, it's like we were, I don't know, maybe we were friends or something in our last life, something. There's a, there's a connection. Guys, Jen Morris is such a light on this planet. I can't even explain how in love with her I am uh, with all due respect to Rob and my husband. So I want folks to hear your story. Can you kind of, before we get into all your success and where you are today and where you're headed, which is riveting, can we kind of start from like back in the day, maybe starting with where you and your husband kind of started your entrepreneurial journey and what that looked like for you? Sure, absolutely. Well, my husband and I, first of all, I have to take it back a little further to let you guys know that we started, we connected in the food world, right? So we met at Old Country Buffet. I don't even know if that's a thing anymore, but that was a a really popular buffet around here. And um, he was the bakery manager at Old Country Buffet and at Perkins, uh, the bakery manager at Perkins. And I was a hostess. I came in as a hostess. So we immediately connected food was just our whole in our whole life you know we every time we met up with each other you know we had some type of food a dessert of course because I don't think a night goes by without eating dessert still to this day and we would just get drinks and we would just laugh and and so food was always like the basis of our relationship and this I was 16 you're talking about 16 is when we met right but you know we didn't get together and so further on down the line, but 16 is when we met. And then, so when we did get together, you know, young, very ambitious, you know, we tried to start different businesses. I was not a cubicle girl. I was not a nine to five girl. You know, I had a job, you know, but it, it, it wasn't feeding me, you know? So I had to figure out something to do. I'm a creative soul. I'm a dreamer. I'm a pie in the sky. Like I just, I have to keep moving. Right. So, you know, we started different businesses. I sold real estate 
mortgage, you know, um, he was, you know, a handy guy, HVAC, he's still an electrician and, you know, we're just hustling, right? Um, but nothing ever stuck, nothing ever stuck to the wall until we got into baking. And I always had the love of baking from nine years old. I'm selling cookies and cakes and cake slices and cupcakes on the corner of my block at nine years old because my dad refused to give me an allowance like the rest of my friends. So I didn't have that allowance growing up, you know, like my girlfriends. And so I had to sell something and baking is what I love to do. You know, but there was no one ever to kind of feed that passion and desire growing up. So, you know, as I became a teenager and, and growing up and now it's we're in high school and it's like, OK, what do I do for a living? Baking wasn't even in the equation because nobody said, well, hey, girl, you like to bake. Why don't you, you know, pursue baking or why don't you become an entrepreneur? You are a young entrepreneur. Let's just keep it going. You know, so. I graduated in 2000 and with the dot-com era. So the first thing I thought was computers. I hated computers, didn't like computers, still hate computers. However, that is what was making money at that time. So that's what I did. Went to school, got a degree in computers, an associate's degree, and wasted it. Did nothing because the universe went full circle and I got back into banking once I met my husband. So that was the, the turning point. What I guess led us into, okay, let's just go back to this baking thing. You know, he has corporate baking skills. He has corporate, you know, managerial skills in the baking and cooking world coupled with my passion for baking. We got these recipes together. We started selling these cupcakes. Everybody loved them. You know, um, we didn't have any from scratch, you know, bakeries in our area. What so area? Like, this is it. This is the thing. Um, Delco, Delaware County, right outside of Southwest and West Philadelphia, like a little, you know, suburb outside of West Philadelphia. So there were no from scratch bakeries. There were like, you know, old school, you know, bakeries that sold big old cupcakes, you know, for like a dollar. So here I am sifting sugar, sifting flour and everything, making these gourmet cupcakes in 125 different flavors, you know, wow. everybody loved them. But then we got to the point where, okay, we know we have something, people love them, they're willing to pay for them, but how do we make this a business? How do we turn this into something that's sustainable that, you know, I could actually quit my nine to five and do and, and, and provide for my family. We can provide for our family. So, you know, we call different bakers, we call different people and, you know, we're like, Hey, we're looking, you have a, a wonderful bakery, you know, I've supported your bakery. Do you mind, you know, giving me some tips on where to start, how, you know, what to do. Basically, we got the phone slammed in our face. You know, it's kind of like a, we had to figure it out on our own type thing. You got to do that too, you know? Um, so it's like, okay, that was pretty disheartening. So we're out here on our own. We're going at it alone. And so the only thing I knew how to do though was just to keep going, was just to keep taking the steps, figuring out, failing, figuring out another way, failing, figuring out another way, wasting money, filing the wrong paperwork. I don't know about an EIN. I don't know about an LLC. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but this is what we've been through. All I knew was I have my one-year-old and my three-year-old in daycare. I'm spending crazy amount of money, right? I am, I, I, 
All I wanted to do was be a wife and a mother and just be there for my kids. I'm not with them. Someone else is raising them. This ain't right. You know, so this has to work or it has to work. So we finally got out of our uh, home. We were able to move into the next step, which was our bakery and an office building, right? And when I think of, when you think of office building, you're talking about office building, doctor's office, dentist's office, right? No frontal, you know, you're walking by, you don't even know we're baking in there. You don't even know we're in there, right? But that was our next step out of our home. That was the only way we can actually make this thing legit, right? Now, um, we're in an area, like I said, right outside of Southwest and West Philadelphia. It's a small suburb, okay? We were the first Black-owned family on our block when we first moved there, and we were the first Black-owned mainstream business there. They gave us the hardest time. Now, when we got our health inspection, the health inspector came in, you know, again, it wasn't the ideal location for a bakery, yet it was ours. He came in, you know, they didn't really want to give us the license, but they had no choice because we've done everything that they asked. And he turned around and he looked at me and he said, you know, it really doesn't matter because you're not going to be here too long anyway. You're only going to get two people in it. Nobody's going to support this. And I remember my husband and I locked eyes and he looked at me as if to say, this guy doesn't know who he's talking to. He done done it now. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, years after that, I mean, it's been such a fight and such a struggle with getting the community because I thought I was going to be a, um, a neighborhood bakery. You know, that was my thought that, you know, I was kind of narrow minded. I'm coming here. I'm going to be a neighborhood bakery. My stuff is great. Everyone's going to love us, you know, but the neighborhood didn't welcome us. The neighborhood didn't even want us there. And so because we were in that small office building, because we knew the situation that we were in, I knew that in order for this bakery, in order for Cupcakeology to succeed, we had to market outward. We could no longer rely on our hometown, right? So that's when I got into PR, Kim. That's when I started, you know, stalking producers, you know, on Twitter and, and stalking their email address on LinkedIn. And that's when I started, you know, shoving cupcakes in people's mouths, showing up at news stations with cupcakes in hand, you know, making up a story just to make my way into the, the office so I can get my cupcakes, you know, in the mouths of the producers and the mouths of the anchors and, you know, on TV, um, because I knew that this was the fastest way for me to to expose my my business and my brand right so you know five years later i was by the grace of god able to get into our storefront bakery our dream storefront bakery i'm talking corner prominence windows all over people driving by you know um they can actually see when they walk in they're not walking into five I have other businesses, they're walking into my bakery, you know? So um, yeah, it wasn't easy. It definitely was tough. And even five years into business in that community, you know, we would still come in the next morning and have stuff written on our windows and things like that, you know, just derogatory comments and things like that. Just, and I'm like, after all these years, you know, we're here, get used to it. You know, but just because I knew that from when we started from day one, we grabbed the other, you know, we grabbed other communities. We grabbed and just by constantly telling our story and constantly being transparent and constantly, you know, just showing our true selves, people fell in love with us before they even fell in love with our cupcakes. You know, so that's what I try to tell people, you know, just create the story 
being transparent out there. This is your chance. You're an entrepreneur now. Like we were so brainwashed when we're working in these corporate companies and nine to fives and Fortune 500. Like we have to be someone else or we have to fit into this box. But now that you're an entrepreneur, you can be who God made you. You can be your authentic self. And that is the best part about it. You know, it is, it really is so liberating because I come from a very long history of being put in a box in, you know, a corporate world, which I had signed up for. And it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. But I have to say becoming, you know, an entrepreneur is both terrifying and liberating and exhilarating. And I love that you, for you, it's like you've kind of exude this bright light and, you know, you feel like you could just kind of unleash and be be who you are. And that was the exact thing that attracted your customers to you. And, you know, Uh I want to also acknowledge and ask you or thank you and ask you more about what it was like to be the first family of color in your neighborhood and the way that you feel that you were not received properly, because I know that this is obviously a very delicate, but important topic. I think it's very powerful to hear from people, their own stories and their own experiences to humanize what it means to be black and what that has meant, what impact or, you know, any kinds of treatments and things that you've had to overcome as not only a mother, and a wife, but as an entrepreneur. And um, I just think that it's important for people to hear these real life stories so that they can really relate and also become more aware of what they can do better to make sure that they're supporting everyone and be as inclusive as possible. Right. And, And that's the thing, Kim, like a lot of people think when they think of racism and things like that, they just take it back to, um, you know, slavery days or even right after slavery with, you know, segregation. And they're like, okay, well, you know, you can be here now. Your kids can go to school, you know, anywhere now. You can work anywhere now, but it's still so real because people still have these preconceived notions. And I think it's it's a lot in part to um, from the media, you know, so people don't like change. People get nervous when they don't know you know, the whole story or people get nervous. So us moving on that block, you know, it's like, okay, I see this portrayal on TV, in the movies, in the media. Is that how it's going to be with you now? You're here. You know, what, what's going to happen now? What's going to change? You see what I'm saying? Before they even get to know you as a person. So before people get to know us as people, they see the color of our skin. So now it's like, And then even with the bakery, with people coming in, it's like they started down here at the bottom and then we had to work our way up. We had to prove with every single customer in the beginning and not proven because we're a new business. No, 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 no. We had to prove just because we were young and we were black and we were the only business that was selling a product to everybody, not just selling soul food to our own people, not just selling, you know, or not just being a hairdresser doing our own hair. You know, we were selling a product for everyone. So we always had to work our way up instead of you coming in and thinking already, oh, this is going to be a great experience. It's going to be great until I let you down. So I could never let down. I could never let my guard down. We always had to be the best. We always had to be the top. 
even my employees, Kim, we had trainings and it, it's, it's crazy. And I even knew it was crazy, but I always told them, listen, we have to be perfect. You can't make a mistake. Now we're human. We, we make mistakes, but we don't get a second chance. As a black owned business, we do not get second chances. And that's not with, you know, white patrons. That's with our own people too. You know, so because it's always perceived as, you know, you're a black business, you're unprofessional. And that's why I'm so passionate about training people. Now, my course is open to everybody, but specifically people of color, training them to be professional, how to be professional, what it means to be a business owner, because we need to change this around. You see what I'm saying? Yes, I think that's so powerful and I appreciate your vulnerability and sharing that as an entrepreneur myself and our family, it is so much pressure to get it right just with the fact that you're an entrepreneur and you're serving, especially if it's food, people are hungry, they can be irritable when they're hungry, things like that. And as I hear that, you know, here you are young trying to make it and really disrupting so many different norms, I'll say. You know, it's just to think about being in your shoes. I always try and put myself in other people's shoes and to think that here you are so young and you're doing, you know, everything you can to make this happen and then have that additional layer of pressure to prove to to your point, to prove yourself, you know, in such a way that, you know, you really shouldn't have to. It just feels heavy for me. It feels like, oh my goodness, that's so much pressure that you're under. And like you say, to perform and it just, gosh, that just must've been so stressful for you. And let me tell you one more quick story about that too. Um, we had a kiosk in the air in the Philadelphia International Airport, which was completely an amazing ride. Um, it didn't turn out too well, but we got a lot out of it. So um, we ended up moving from, I think, the B terminal to the C terminal because we weren't in the food mart part. We weren't in the food court, but we had a kiosk. So, you know, the passengers were kind of flying by, um, you know, the customers did great at the cupcakes did great with the employees, but the customer, the um, passengers were kind of flying by. And so we were kind of struggling a bit. We weren't making the numbers that we needed to make in order to pay that very, very high rent in the airport, right? For that kiosk. So the, one of the presidents uh, from the airport had a meeting with us and he said, you should consider hiring a, a white female to be the forefront, to be your cashier. I kid you not. <laughs> this is what the president of that particular department told me. And I said, I would never sell out. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But this is us. This is who we are. We have an amazing product. And that should be all that matters. You know, we put our everything into our products, you know. So that's just, you know, another story. But just something that we, um, you know, have to go through. It's just, it's difficult like I said, because I want people, I wanted people to shop our store for who we, for, for our products, for what we put into our products, for the love we put into our products, for the fact that we, you know, made our product consistent and that was our brand. And we did a damn good job with that. You could have our cupcake at a birthday party. You can have a cupcake a, a month later in a, um, a farmer's market. You can have a cupcake two years later at a baby shower. And because of our consistency and hard work we put into that, you know that that's our cupcake. And that's what we wanted people to recognize us for. And ultimately, even after all of that, 
they do. And we did. And we gained the respect of everybody. We gained the respect of people, you know, from Jersey, Philly, Delaware, Pennsylvania. It didn't matter. People came from all over to come to Cupcakeology at the end of the day. And, you know, I hate to say we proved ourselves, but just being who we are, just being professional, just the love of what we did every day, you know, that's how we gained the popularity. Oh, I love it. I, your story just brings me to such tears because it just, it's, it's crushing to hear, um, you know, some of the things just said to you and the way that you've had to just navigate this. I just, I find it soul crushing. I, I just, it really, it's just not okay. And I'm so glad that you're here to tell the stories and to, yeah. and to say, you know, we did it. And it's just so important for you to tell your stories and to be true to, you know, what happened and the way you were treated. And I love that you're taking all of that and you're putting it into, you know, essentially changing things and inspiring. And that's, that's just beautiful. So thank you for, for sharing all of those details with us. So, so now, okay, so then you're running this successful business. You are just killing the game. You did the airport thing. You've got this great business. How long did that go on for? So we were in our retail business for 10 years. Wow. <laughs> so wow. 10 years, two locations, um, you know, shipping all over the United States because of the airport, you know, uh, we, it was a lot of positivity that came from that though. It really, really was because of the airport, you know, we became a brand. Um, people took those cupcakes all over and then they started calling and, you know, I share my cupcake with my mom, you know, she's in California. How does she get them? And it just, it was a domino effect plus with us being on the Steve Harvey show, it just connected with people, you know, in our logo. So we had no choice but to start shipping, you know, streamline shipping because, you know, we were doing it anyway, just from getting phone calls from people just tasting our cupcakes all over the, the world, the, you know, the United States. So that was a major operation um, that we incorporated. Plus, you know, our cake batter, um, we wholesaled our cake batter. We found a way to to make that last and it was 100% pure 100% natural but you know we boxed that up shipped that out as well we had cafes ordering the cake batter you know because they wanted to provide a dessert a sweets to their you know uh, patrons but they didn't want to bake it you know so we were the ones providing that and it was just an incredible incredible journey um, and, you know, just to think that something that was so natural, you know, and, and a God-given talent to me and my husband, but then, you know, just because no one helped us nurture that as a, a to say it could become a viable business, just keep going, you know, I can't even imagine if I would have kept going from nine years old, where I would be today, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that's the change that, you know, I'm making now, even with my children, I'm just constantly looking and seeing what their talents are and what they're great at naturally. And I'm nurturing that, you know, 
So, you know, I, I love, so before we even get into what happened after your wildly successful, you know, empire building experience that you've just highlighted, I, I do want to talk about your next chapter and what you're up to right now. But before that, you know, something that's very inspirational, you know, another thing about you that is so inspiring to me is the way you do nurture and really just foster, um, and support and cheer on your children. And I'd love for you to share exactly what you're doing to kind of nurture that growth and inspire and support your children. So those of us, you know, can maybe follow in your footsteps. Yeah, well, the first thing I did, (laughs) not that I'm pushing this on anybody, even though COVID-19 made everyone a homeschool parent at this point, right? (laughs) So we're not alone on that anymore. But um, even pre-COVID, I decided to just to kind of be on that line. Once I figure out I'm an entrepreneur, I run, not only run my business, I run my life. I'm the designer, the architect of my life. And it seemed like with each year came of entrepreneurship, I realized that I can do what I want. I can make my own decisions. I can, you know, change the writing on the wall. Like I can design this thing. So, you know, we decided to take our children out of school. First, it started with my son because, you know, he's, he's, he was born different. He's a different person and he just didn't fit in that box of, you know, what people wanted the kids to be like in school. So, you know, we removed him from that situation. He went from a depressed kid to a, a thriving, happy, you know, teenager now. And just to think that if I was so close minded and kept him in that situation, Lord, what his, what his life would be like. And then, you know, my daughter, it was only natural just to, you know, take her out of school too. You know, I just try to look at what they're doing. She's, she loves writing. She loves creating. She loves reading, you know, so now she's a young author. She's writing a, a, a series of, um, uh, scary stories. And she started when she was eight and she said, mom, this is not going to be for eight and 10 year olds. This is going to be for like teenagers because I want to make it very, very scary. <laughs> you know, oh, so, gosh. you know, we're helping her with that. We have an incredible community of homeschool mommies that, you know, we just, um, support each other, share resources with each other. It's incredible. And my son, you know, from him watching us growing up and everything in the business, he knows how to handle, you know, customer service and he knows how, you know, when people, cause everybody is not happy. Everybody is not, you know, a happy spirit, like you said. So, you know, people are just going to be disgruntled anyway. So he saw how we handle that and he, and he kind of steps in and like, you know, well, maybe you should, you know, tell them, you know, or calm them down this way. And maybe you should offer him, you know, so, um, and he's really into editing and he's really into, you know, the creative part, the background. So he's been editing my videos, you know, helping me with the YouTube channel. And, you know, he, it's, it's just great. So everybody in their learning, you know, how to make money on their own. They're learning that they cannot ask mom and dad for what they want. And they figure out how to make the money. I always say, if you have something to sell, then you'll never be broke. If you know how to sell something, you know how to sell anything, you'll never be broke. You know, so that, that's just some wow. of the things that they picked up from being, you know, growing up in a business. I love that. I love that you're letting them, first of all, the fact that you, okay, 
let's be real. For those of us that were forced to be stay-at-home parents, <laughs> I don't know what you guys are thinking. Are you crazy? Um, that's point one, okay? Let's get that straight. After having lived through it now, I, we thought you were nuts before. Now we think you are insane. Like, we think you're nuts, okay? And I'm just going to put that out there. But I do commend you for taking control of, first of all, being in touch enough with your children to see what environment they thrive in or not and to make that change and take that on. That's a huge, huge responsibility. And, you know, the second thing about exposing them to your business and making them learn different skills and having them really learn about what it means to earn money and to just, you know, see the good, the bad, the ugly with being a business owner is, I mean, you can't pay for that stuff. That is incredible exposure giving them. And it sounds like they're really learning a lot. So again, cheers to you guys. You guys are such incredible and inspiring parents on so many levels. It's just sick. (laughs) (laughs) You do have a certain level of patience, I might say. And I can't say that my husband is here. He'll tell you I, I take on a lot of that patience he he I take on most of that patience I will I will say that yeah but I can say he's really good though at um you know like I said teaching him the the manly stuff I would say the HVAC the electric you know because there's a lot of young guys today they don't even know how to change a light bulb Kim <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know what? My husband thankfully is good at that stuff too. And I, I, you know, a wife one day will be very happy with our sons for having those skills as you and I both know. So so everyone has their role and you and your husband are so, so cute. It's, it's so fun to see you guys. Mm -hmm. I, I just, I have to say you guys are adorable. So what happened with your business and what are you guys doing now? Okay, so 20, around March 2020, everybody's life flipped upside down, right? Everything got shut down, everything, their businesses, they're like, you know, shut down, closed, you can't, you know, run your business no more, we have to isolate, you know, everybody has the plague, you know, but something told me, I said, okay, they told me that I can't let anyone in anymore, but they didn't say I had to stop running my business, right? So they said, if you can do takeout, you can still run your business. So we're just going to take these cupcakes out, right? So we went back to our business plan. You know, we went and, um, and factored in, you know, how, making a schedule for, for um, shipping, making a schedule for delivering, making a schedule for, you know, how to take these delivery calls, how to take, you know, and then incorporating curbside once curbside became a thing, you know, curbside cupcakes, curbside cake. So we kind of switched everything from our in-house operation and just brought the products to them. So which was great because not only we were like the only bakery that stayed open because everyone got so scared. The government said shut down. So people just shut down. You know, you know, me, I'm just like, okay, my bills, are they going to shut down? I got to keep this thing going. You know, so, so I'm like, okay, no. So we got a fleet of, you know, um, we already had some delivery vans. You know, we got our cars. I mean, we were in cars delivering cupcakes, delivering cakes, taking orders at the Zoo. Once people realize cupcakeology is rolling, right? And so not only that, it was good for business, but it made me feel so so good, Kim, because we were getting phone calls from grandmothers and aunts and uncles and just saying, crying to us on the phone, 
thank you so much for delivering that cake. Thank you for delivering those cupcakes. I haven't seen my grandchildren in two weeks and I miss them. And just being able to send them a sweet treat with a nice note means the world to me right now. You know, so we're like, okay, so we're not just doing this to save our business. We're, we're doing a thing here, you know? So, at, and, and then I, the guilt set in. The guilt set in because here I am, you know, doubling our revenue per week, per month, when everyone else is losing their business and everyone else is struggling and, and they're firing people where I'm hiring employees, wow. right? And I got so guilty and I felt like, you know, I'm still advertising, but am I braggy? Am I bragging? But I have to still advertise to keep the business going and let people know what they can do now, how they can order it was just a crazy time, you know, but then I figured, you know, with, with everybody shutting down and, and I figured it had to be because, you know, when you're in business for a long time, especially a physical business, Kim, it's so different from uh, an online business. Like you can switch and pivot and do things so quickly with a little bit of money. But when you've invested thousands and thousands of dollars in, in years and you've been doing business one way, a lot of times with these brick and mortars, they don't know how to think outside the box. They don't know how to pivot. They just know that they've been doing business for 20, 30 years the same way. So they're not even thinking about doing something else. And then here we are making all this money, getting all, all these new customers, you know, our business is growing. And then um, people are calling us like, how do I, I got this PPP money. I have this grant money. I have these loans. I want to do what you do. How do I do what you do? How do I get a business? How do I start a business? And we're like, okay, wait, whoa, pause. I think we're coming into something different here. I think this is the end of an era and we have to start a new chapter. And we've already had to start Small Wendy Academy, but it was just our side hustle, right? So now I think it's time for us. We've done it. We've done it for 10 years. It's time for us to make it's time for us to make an impact on a bigger level. It's not enough just to make us successful anymore. It's time for us to help and make a bigger imprint and help other people become successful you know, more than what we're doing in our side hustle. So we decided to close our bakery. This is in the middle of the pandemic. Um, the producer saw that we were closing uh, from Fox 29. She called and said, hey, I want to bring a crew down. You know, you we've been following your story since 2011. You know, we got to let our viewers know that this is the end of an era, you know, a cupcakeology. And we want to highlight what you're doing next. So they came down. We had one more week until we were closing and it was just going to be the biggest week yet. And we got COVID. <gasps> My husband got COVID. A day later, I got COVID. And that was the end. That was the <laughs> end of Cupcake Allergy. We did. People were waiting till the last week to grab all of their cupcakes. They were had all these orders. They were going to freeze cupcakes. And that was it. <gasps> we had to close our doors because I wasn't sure. Everybody was isolated. My employees were isolated because, you know, they were in contact with us. And, you know, we oh. just said, you know what? It, it, this, it is what it is. You know, it is what it is. Um, thank God that, you know, one employee, I believe, did get it. Um, the rest did not. And we were stuck in quarantine, my husband and I, in the house. My children, my 13-year-old and 10-year-old were, were feeding us, you know, giving us the tray of soup and food at the door and knocking and running, you know. <laughs> It was crazy. We had to give back, you know, 
orders and money and, and tell our customers, you know, not only are we closing for good, we're closing earlier than expected. So you cannot get your last, you know, oh. uh, order from technology. So it was a bittersweet moment because, you know, we kind of celebrated ahead of time. Um, but still, they were waiting for that last hurrah and they didn't get it. So, oh, my goodness. Open something. <laughs> Bring them back. Bring yes. them back. <laughs> I still get emails. I get emails and I get DMs like, I don't believe you guys did this to me. Like, how did you do this to me? You know? How, you had a cult like that. Anybody comparable? Like, oh my gosh. Thing. So you had a real cult like following. I mean, this is like quite, I mean, not only did you guys, you know, survive and do great, but you were thriving. That is insane. Yeah, no, you're talking about cult like following. Listen. People were crying. And you know, when you're in something, Kim, you don't really see the impact you're making because you're just grinding. You're just going. You're like, what's next? How do I keep this thing going? How do I keep, you know, making it grow? And then when we had that time in our in our bedroom, we were quarantined and 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 I still have to do something with these messages, the messages that we were getting, you know, from Facebook and Instagram and just how we've changed people's lives not just because of our cupcakes we've changed people's lives by showing them that it does not matter where you come from it does not matter what situation you're in if you dream it and you work at it it can work no matter what roadblocks come at you because people saw our journey and followed it for a whole decade even before that because they followed us from our house you know so i didn't realize the true impact that cupcakeology made on people and their lives and you know we saw them you know get married get engaged and get married and have their baby shower and their first child and their five-year-old birthday party and their children watching us and coming to our events and you know you know i would always let the kids come back and see the back of the house and the cupcakes and how everything is made in the prep area and that would just like blow their mind you know so we really had a following had a family a huge, huge family. I so love it. You that guy. You know, and like it didn't because because. Guy. So sorry, I was just gonna say that you know, something that I notice about you, Jen, is that not only are you a hustler and a dreamer. But the fact that you are willing to show up and actually refuse to do anything but show up as your best and authentic self every day, despite it all, is so inspiring because so many people out there, they live in fear and they're stuck. And this is a theme that I keep seeing over and over and over. And it's so easy to just sit back and be comfortable and stay in your safe, secure job or whatever that might be for you in your current situation. But you know, you're a risk taker, you're a dreamer, you're a boss, you're a leader, you're a hustler. And, you know, I just think that so many of these traits are just so inspirational for people out there that are in desperate need of that pivot and they're afraid. And maybe they are someone of color or maybe they're some other kind of race or, you know, maybe they feel held back based on the fact that they didn't grow up wealthy um, or, you know, supported or educated or having just all the things that you said that you wish you had, you know, and I just think to put 
put your story front and center is just so inspirational on so many levels. It's just amazing. And so how did you take your 10 year phenomenal brand deal with putting it to bed finally, and then pivot? What was that process like? And then maybe you can share exactly what you're doing now. Yeah, that pivot, I thought it was going to go one way and it went a total other way. Okay. Okay. And you're talking about fear now. Yes, I am. I am the person I get fearful. I mean, I'm human, you know, but I just learned to just push past it because that's the only way to move forward. Right. And that's, that's what continued to make us successful was to just keep going despite everything. But I'm telling you, Kim, running a physical business and then taking this thing online is a total different animal. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, we have this incredible success. We have this huge following. They're going to be telling everybody, you know, um, we've already had it. We were doing it as a side hustle. Now, all I have to do is just now, you know, put all of my time into the students, put all of my time into growing the business. And it's just going to be great. You know, I'm, I'm going to make all this money. No, you're starting over again, my dear. You're starting from the bottom again, my dear. You know, now, and this is what I teach my students. It's not just as you're working. So when my students are working their baking business as their side hustle, their model is working around someone else's business, right? So the Start Small Women Academy was worked around our bakery business. So now that I'm transitioning full time, I, again, know what they're going through. I knew what they were going through from 12 years ago, but again, I'm in the same place as they are because I had to change my business model, my plan to now make this thing the forefront, the full-time business, you know? So it's not like, okay, I just do a little extra, this little extra marketing and things are going to come together. Mm -mm. The processes that I had in place, running it as a, a side hustle is gone. I had to have total different systems, total different processes, total different business plan, total different everything to create it from the ground up. So I've been working, I don't think I took a day off yet. The third, May 3rd was my daughter's birthday. She made me, she said, mom, if you go in that office, I'm no longer going to be your daughter. This is my day. You're going to take a day off. <laughs> so I took a day off on her birthday, but I'm working, I'm teaching them. I'm doing biology with them, math during the day. Then at night, I'm up until like 4.35 in the morning working, creating and building this new business from the ground up. You know, so the pivot is real. The transition is real. And for people who think that they can just transition from their side hustle and make that full time by just now showing up extra. No, yeah. no, you have to create that new business model. Wow. So yes. you basically, and this is actually a very interesting sign of the times and it actually speaks to your brilliance. And again, your ability to pivot, be nimble, dream, take risks, be fearless, put in the hard work, all the things. So, you know, right now, obviously, because we are kind of coming out, hopefully of the pandemic, so many businesses, physical businesses were shut down, many of which 
did not survive, unfortunately. And so the big thing that kind of exploded over this time, since we've all been suppressed and stuck in our homes is, you know, a lot of these online businesses have emerged, right? And that's where my business was birthed out of as well. And, you know, to your point, this pivot into the online space is not an easy one because there are so many pieces of technology involved that it's, you know, blows your mind. It's crazy. And for people that are out there trying to leverage the skills from pre-pandemic and take it online, I mean, there's a really hard learning curve there. So I've experienced it. You're speaking to it. And it's so great to share those behind the scenes of it. And so your online business, just for everybody's sake, is you are, you now have a course, is that right? That you're teaching online, you're teaching bakers how to run a brick and mortar business. Is that right? For baking? Yes. Okay, Mm -hmm. tell us about it. How many modules? How long is it? Yeah, so it's an eight to 10 week course. um, And I'm actually adding to it now. Uh, We're transitioning everything over to Kajabi, which was another learning curve. I did it all myself. um, But I said, you know, if I could tackle WordPress, you know, dot org network dot com whatever the harder WordPress is and I can pick Kajabi's butt right so it's an eight <laughs> to ten week course we're adding to it now and it's about six modules now and it's it's incredible because from the very first module which is you know creating your success habits you know changing your mindset because like I said before when you're when you're working a nine to five and you, you're you're focused on, you know, helping someone else in their business, but then you go home and you shut it down and you're not even, you're not paying attention to the behind the scenes or you're not paying attention to what that CEO of that company or the president or the owner or whatever has to go through because you're just the employee. Now you have to transition your mindset to entrepreneur to business owner and you have to change habits i mean it's hard to make that transition you know i always say it's like climbing a mountain right and you're getting all these boulders rolling back down at you trying to pivot from you know your home into the brick and mortar but then once you get to the top of that mountain clarity you know you're free right and then now you just have to worry about the day-to-day of the business which is another animal in and of itself right but to get up that mountain and knock out all of those boulders that are coming your way, you have to switch your mindset. You have to learn how to say no. You have to change your habits. You have to take out all the fluff. You have to just totally change your lifestyle and make it conducive to that business and starting that business. And a lot of people, that's a hard topic. You know, and it's and it's a hard because they say, you know, how long it's seven weeks or whatever to change a habit, you know. So that's why we start that off because you can't just jump into doing the action steps, you know, of uh, you know the pricing and the the um, legalities and you know researching and all of that. Like you have to get that mind right first. So that's the very first thing we work on, and I, I promise you that one is the breakthrough for a lot of people. So this course is not just giving you the steps to start. It's really helping people tap into who they are and it's letting them know that they can break the change, the generational curses and change that that they've been that 
they had, you know, on them as a burden. Um, because a lot of us, we were, and I'm sure you too, Kim, I think you mentioned that to me, like we were raised, like, you know, don't dream too far, you know, you know, who do you think you can't a millionaire or what, you know, no, 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 you know, do you see a millionaire in this family, go to work, go to school, go to work, you know, um, and they didn't mean it in a bad way. That's just all that they knew, go to school and go to work. You know, you can't be a millionaire. That's for celebrities. That's for basketball players. That's for, you know, you know, no, like for me, you know, a baker, you know, no, 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 go to school for computers. You know what I'm saying? So that particular module, I get people in tears wow. just by doing that module because it, it just breaks them down and gives them hope and let them know that you can be and do anything you want to, you know, yes. and I'm going to help you do it. So it's a lifetime access program. So, you know, it's a one-time enrollment, lifetime access. And I'm holding your hand the entire process because a lot of people don't have that support in the outside world. They have it like, okay, great. You're starting your bakery. That's great. But they don't really have that support that they need, you know? And then too, the baker world, we're a tight-knit community, but there's people teaching the craft you know, the craft, how to bake good, how to, you know, make a moist cake, how to, you know, freeze your cake and keep it and how to frost and how to become the bomb.com on your, on your, you know, fondant. But there's no one teaching or not many people, I should say, the business behind the baking business. And I don't care what business you're starting, the passion is only going to get you so far. If you don't know business, then you're not going to have a business, period. That, that's a really important distinction that you guys help, you know, not only with the baking, but with the mindset and breaking through all the things that come with, you know, having to, you know, change the story for people and undo their wiring. Um, that's a lot of, that's a lot of work. And that is so important for them to even be receptive to, you know, believing that they can do these things that you're teaching. And then on top of that, to teach the business part of it. I mean, that mm -hmm. is powerful. That is super powerful. And you know, it's like an MBA, MBA. It's a mini MBA program. <laughs> it, it sounds it's like, like it. MBA. <laughs> I mean, that's, listen, that is so valuable. It's, and I don't know anyone else that's doing what you're doing. And, you know, the mm -hmm. other thing that strikes me about you is you're, um, you manifest things, right? Like you dream and you believe in your dreams and you go for it. Can you give us maybe kind of a couple tips or just share how you manifest? Do you, you know, document it anywhere? Do you make a plan for yourself after you get through your dreaming process? Like talk us through how we can start, you know, really trying to reach for our highest and best without, you know, holding back our fear and really going for it. Yeah, that took time because again, human nature, we give ourselves these ceilings, these blocks, and it's like, okay, I can dream this, but I don't really think it's going to happen, you know, and that is so key, like the belief in it, like that will kill it. If you're saying it, okay, yeah, I'm going to have a mansion by the time I'm, you know, 35, um, you know, and then like you're, you're doing all these things to really like manifest it. And then you turn around and say like, I, you know, I'll settle for like a half a mansion or something. You just killed it. 
<laughs> right? Like you're done before you even get started, you know? So the thing is you have to wholeheartedly 100% believe what you're manifesting and say it over and over again, script it. I like to script it, not just saying it, mm. I script it. But first I start with my gratitude journal. So I write in my gratitude journal first to get me in that mood and excited and just grateful for everything that I have already. And then I start manifesting what I want as if I already have it. You know, thank you for, you know, this and thank you for that. You know, I don't have it yet in the physical world, but I have it in another universe. So that, you know, the universe is going to bring that into my physical world because I'm thanking, you know, the universe for it already. I'm feeling it and I'm dreaming. My eyes are closed and I'm just rocking back and forth. And I, I see myself in, you know, this house and I manifest this house right here with all the seven, eight that I have. I always wanted a farm. I always wanted to grow edible, you know, uh, have an edible garden. I always wanted to have, you know, farm animals. And I always, I'm just, if I could have lived in a country, I would have, but I created my own country in New Jersey, <laughs> right? And I, I manifested um, an acre and I got seven acres or 6.59 acres to be exact, right? And, you know, all the things that I manifested, I already believed I had it when I did it. I felt myself in this house. I felt the grass under my feet. I envisioned all of that. I felt the warm sun. I felt me working outside all the things that I'm physically doing now. You know, I felt myself hiking in my backyard. I felt myself in the pool. I felt myself, you know, with my kids, you know, meeting new friends. I envisioned that every single day. And then, and the universe works fast, girl, because it wasn't three months before my other house was sold and we were in this new house. You know, wow. so you Ugh. just have to really wholeheartedly believe in it and the universe will make a way and don't worry about the how that's not up to you. You just keep doing the work. You just keep doing the process and the universe will align you with who you need, what you need and when you need it. And that's that you so are just you need to be on TEDx or something <laughs> like you are so captivating and inspirational like it's just oh you're just brilliant there's just there's you're just you leave me just oh girl stop it you're gonna have me writing another book now you know I'm I'm like in tears (laughs) I am in tears listening to you because you are just so powerful and so uplifting and it's just we just need more of it. And um, gosh, I just, I thank you so much for being with me today. I know I wanted to get you on six months ago and then, you know, all the things were going on with all of us. And here we are six months later. And I feel like this was just the most perfect time to have you on. So if folks want to find you on Instagram or check out your course, where can they find you? Yes. So Instagram, we are Rob underscore Jen Morris. And my new website that I just created um, is www.robnjenmorris.com. And that is such an amazing website because I incorporated everything onto that website, all my press, all of our background, all of our videos, all of our blogs, all of our books, everything. And then I have a, uh, a live training class that I do every Thursday, uh, eight o'clock PM Eastern time where I'm just 
going ham with, you know, the whole process of starting a, a bakery business and everything you're going to need is such an amazing two hours. You get two hours of me giving you everything that you need. So wow. And where is that? Um, they can sign up on my Instagram, the links in the bio and on my website. Great. Okay. I will make sure to link all of that in the show notes so that folks can go stalk you. I, I'm sure by now they've all fallen in love with you as I have. And I just want to thank you again for being here with me today, Jen. I love you so much. I'm so happy for all of your success. Kim, you're incredible. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. All right. That is it for today. Now, as you know, some of our best conversations actually happen after the show. So I want you to find me on Instagram at Kimberly Lovey and let me know your thoughts about today's show. You can screenshot this episode and let us know what your biggest takeaway was and tag me at Kimberly Lovey and we can share it on our stories. I will see you again. Same time, same place next week.